Welcome back, everybody. War Room, the Hockey Podcast, episode seventy-one this Yeehaw. week. Yeehaw! Uh, lot to lot to go, <laughs> lot going on. The World Juniors is over. USA, USA, yeah. with the gold. Um, Best team wins. So head- four golds in a row over the over Canada. The last four times those teams have met for the gold, US has won four in a row. And you just got to show up. So what happened? The, the short story is Canada turned in their worst game, which is they not being prepared, having played too many softies in the in the run up. And the U.S. was tested and they brought their best effort by far to the gold medal game. And Canada was completely flat. Yeah. So, so good to World Juniors over. Um Camps are underway for the NHL. Uh, some headlines to discuss. We also, um, I was also um, a part of a discussion, a World Junior discussion, a few days ago um, via Zoom uh, with my old sports management uh, folks at Sports Management Worldwide. Uh, they do a tremendous job teaching you there. Uh, you and I have discussed the conversation. Unfortunately, was a bit of a letdown. Not what <laughs> I was hoping it would be, but. Having said that, you sit and you still pay attention, and it's still good information if you're listening, correct? So yeah. it's still good information. Uh, so that was a good good discussion. I took some notes. We can share a little bit of that today, too. Um, headlines, uh, Chara now in Washington, so Bergeron named captain in Boston. Yep. I'm surprised. I'll just throw a comment here and there. Chara leaving Boston was a big surprise, especially for the league minimum. Mm-hmm. I'm really shocked they let him go, uh, especially without without Tory Krug. Uh, it's just that I would not have seen that coming. Yeah. So Bergeron is now captain in Boston, which all all due respect to Ch- to Chara, I I would have put the C on Bergeron a long time ago, but you know, each organization is different and each situation is different. Um, but congratulations to Bergeron on that. Much deserved. Um, Matthews set to kill penalties. We'll see. More time, the more he's on the ice, the better off everybody is. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, Chara adjusting, as we just mentioned, to uh, Washington. Uh, Bjorkstrand signs extension in Columbus. Luke Coonan signs in Nashville. Um, Dougie Hamilton wants to stay in Carolina. He's quoted as one of is wanting to stay in Carolina. We'll see if that happens. Um, but the big news that you mentioned uh, before we went on recording was some of the injuries. Um, one of wh- one of which, as we read here, uh, Zemgis Jurgensen's in Buffalo is now out for the season. Yep. Um, along with, as we mentioned, uh, three or four months likely for Kucherov, which is likely the season. That's the season. Um, obviously, injuries can heal at different rates, so you never know. But likely the season for him. Uh, Kirby Dak and um, Jonathan, Taves. Jonathan Taves. Dak is especially out for the for the season. Um, Taves, it's can be assumed he's out for the se- for the regular season, um, though all it says with him is indefinitely. Yeah, whatever that I means. Wonder, that's a that's an odd one, and and I you know wish him the very best. Uh, good for the franchise, good for the game, but that that's an odd one. Just that that lethargic. You know, that sort of diagnosis that sounded, uh, you know, if it was 20 years ago, I'd say it sounds like mono. Um, maybe just now it just sounds like boredom. Maybe, I don't know. How many years has he been making 10 mil a year? Maybe he just doesn't care anymore. Yeah. Just be, uh, jokes, it, jokes, yeah. jokes, 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 jokes. But yeah. 
anyway, yeah, the um, the reality is though, with a probably in the case of Kucherov, I think what was it, hip surgery that he had? I believe so. Yeah. Um, the good news is that in that conference, in that central conference or central division, I mean, Tampa is, you know, they're in there with Detroit, um, Columbus, Nashville, Chicago, uh, Carolina. And and uh, and Florida, Tampa's going to make the playoffs with or without Kucherov, just like they did with or without Stamkos last year. But they're not going to have his cap hit, so they're instantly out of cap trouble because they put him on long-term injured reserve, and he's good to you know rehab the the hip surgery and come back at the end of the season. And they, there's no cap in the playoffs, so it's a it's they haven't a made that announcement. Free card. They haven't made that announcement with Taves, though, have they? No, they've not. To me, to me, with Taves ten million or whatever, I would put him on LTIR. Well, at least for the time being, until you can juggle around and find another way. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, you do. Uh, but I mean that that team needs him. He's a, he's a leader, and uh, and you know he's a he performs and he does a lot of things extremely well. So you got to have those guys back, but. Gee whiz, uh, you know, if you can get, especially in a year like this, if you can duck under the cap and the and the Hawks are right against the cap right now, they're right at, I mean, they're within a few pennies of being at the cap. So if they can, uh, if they need to replace him and they can find a way uh, to bring somebody in temporarily or, or somehow to, to circumvent that issue with long-term injury reserve, that's the way that is designed to work. So, okay. Uh, quick note as well. Uh, we also mentioned um, a little bit, and we won't name names um, for obvious reasons, but um, in today's world, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, in today's COVID world, um, I think it's safe to say uh, when when you read diagnosis or anything like that and it says um, unfit to play, that it's likely COVID reasons, not injuries, um, it's likely a net, a positive COVID test or um, things like that, which you yeah. are getting a number. A number of teams are having players unfit um, going into camp simply with uh, the policies through the Players Association and the league. Exactly. Um, that when you come back to your, to your home cities uh, for camp and everything, you have to quarantine for a week. And then within that week, you have to have four negative tests. Yeah, within that it, week to be able to get on the ice. So you're seeing a number of players that are, whether it's false positives or not, that are testing one or two or three positive tests, and it's slowing down their progression to get back on the ice. So exactly. unfit to play doesn't necessarily mean that it's not injury, especially in today's world where teams are very protective of players and their injuries so you don't get targeted or whatever. Um, but common sense... Um, says that it's likely COVID-related when likely. you when you read unfit to play. Correct. Correct. So, especially now when guys haven't been on the ice. I mean, there's the odd injury in the gym, something pulled, you know, on the weight uh, weight bench or something. But most likely, figure it's it's some it it's probably not anything more than a guy who needs a couple more positive or a negative tests before they can release him. Yeah. So. Nothing more serious than that. Yep. So uh, that being said, uh, before we jump into it, uh, this week, seven, episode 71, uh, recap of the World Junior, um, as well as a number of other things. What, are, what else are we talking about uh, this 
Well, we got some individuals to talk about a little bit, uh, just some some speculation here <clears throat> as to what kind of impact guys are going to make uh, on the various rosters that have made changes and uh, a couple of teams to watch for, uh, maybe some um, maybe some high altitude predictions uh, before we uh, before we sign off. Uh, probably ought to talk about whether people are going to have fans in the building yep. and uh, a little bit of what we know and what we don't know, but... Um, Looking forward to most of all, in less than a week, we're going to be back in front of uh, in front of our game. Yep. Yeah, it's exciting. So uh, before we get into that, uh, make sure you um, make sure you grab your coffee, whatever you need. You settle in um, and enjoy this week's episode. But before you do, make sure you subscribe, leave us a rating and a review ratings and reviews more than subscriptions themselves, um, though. All of it together is what helps us grow, so make sure you do all those things. Subscribe, rate, and review. Um, make sure you like and you follow us on the necessary social media platforms that we will plug um, at the end of the show like we do every week uh, if you don't know it already. So make sure you like and follow us there. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Episode 71 of War Room the Hockey Podcast. We are um, discussing World Junior uh, Review, closing it out as well as some other individuals. Um World Junior World Junior tournament was a good tournament. Yeah, it, it came off great. The the you know the the division between the top five and the bottom five, a lot of times looks like it's getting bigger instead of smaller. Uh, but the games between Finland, Sweden, U.S., Russia, and Canada, all very competitive games off and on. Um, so and that was not a surprise. And it kind of uh, the the. Results of the tournament came off the way we anticipated. We we figured on a U.S. Canada final. That's what the gold medal game was about. And even though it was two nothing, it wasn't that close. And full marks to Spencer Knight. Probably going to have a good career, but he was not tested in that game. Those shots. If you look at the shot chart, um, they were from the outside. They were not. They were not grade A chances at all. But that's credit to the team and he made three or four big stops when he needed to so the best team wins yep it was a uh, unfortunately i didn't being working and things i didn't get to see it live but i did see uh the score at the end and everything like that and it was um from the the replays and the the clips i saw it was a good game and it was it, it was a good game it was um yeah, it was an ass kicking though it was not that close they the US beat Canada to every loose puck they beat them to every opportunity um they absolutely pushed them to the outside on every possession there were only a few broken plays that ended up between the hash marks very seldom did Canada get the puck inside so you know in the end it's uh at least it wasn't decided by a controversial call yeah. it wasn't decided by a lucky bounce or anything else it was a it was a good old whipping. Uh, although <laughs> controversy at the end, celebration wise. See all that with the the barrel that the U.S. brought out with Canada's logo on it, and I for did the team not. picture, and I didn't all that stick stuff. around for all of the uh, for all of the celebrating. I I thought I'd let them do that in private. <laughs> yeah. So. So there, yeah. But you, there but, was there was some controversy with it. I don't agree with the claims of controversy 
but there was some controversy that the U.S. decided to bring out a blue barrel with the logo taped on it, the Canada logo taped on it to take their photos and things. But uh, it's to me, I don't agree with the controversy of it on the basis of every team does things like that. Yeah. And if you're going to pick and choose because you'd rather this country or this team on what you like or don't like, to me, that's not controversy. It's just being petty. Um, nothing about about it was disrespectful. It, it was based on Zegers' own comments. It was they they had they had blue barrels for every country that they played against. Oh, they did. And each barrel represent, represented kind of the same way you know NHL teams have in the playoffs have pucks to put into that Stanley Cup board for yeah. each win they get. Yep. The barrel represented the the win. They beat Canada for the gold. They brought the barrel out and took a picture. Per Zegers' comments, anyway. So to me, it wasn't controversial, but you know, the world's going to be a buzz with, well, with certain if, things. If so. you don't like being the victim of that controversy, get some better guys. Right. Go out and win. Yep. Yeah. Win the game, and then you don't have to figure <clears throat> out it. Excuse me. So, so, but a good tournament at all, and really good that it, they made it back. Uh, very exciting to see that we didn't have to miss that this year because that as you know is my most wonderful time of the year yes well germany's back next year uh, because there's no um and i'm drawing a blank on what they call it what's the i had told oh, the, the tip relegation of my tongue. relegation yeah, yeah there's no relegation this this right. year or or next year i should say or the, or whatever between latvians and Kazakhstan and Germany and Austria and all these teams to see who gets in. Right. Uh, due to COVID, um, there's no relegation. Germany is returning next year as well, um, which is good for them. They played. They pl- did tremendously. They played well and look to to again, lose. We said this last week, but to lose sixteen to two, they lost by two touchdowns, and then to, to come out the next night and pull out a victory. Yep. And arguably, arguably, and analytics discussion I had proved it. All this stuff, arguably, that ger- that top line for Germany was they were as good as they anybody were in the three, tournament. Three, three of the best players of the tournament. Yep. Even for even though they weren't playing for the U.S. or Canada or somebody, they were the three best players of the tournament. That's Stutzla, that's Paterka, Paterka and, and that's Elias. Elias. Yeah. So they were the th- arguably the three best players in the tournament outside of Cousins and Zegris and everything. So they, d- they did a very good job. And I'm excited because there's no relegation to see what a year of knowing that you're in and working for that, what that can mean for Germany. Well, it's going to mean a lot for the development of their program because if you look back at in the 90s when, when Forsberg won uh, in the shootout for Sweden and the the generation of players that that developed, you know, 15 years later, 20 years later, the same with uh, the Czechoslovakia, the Czech win uh, in the, in the mid nineties or late nineties and, and the players that have come from that program, it's then you'll see not just the three big names that are there now, but you'll see Germany start to really produce a lot more guys from a fairly small population of players. And um, good on them for that. That's what the tournament's for, and and that's where uh, that's where the the next round of growth is going to come from. Yeah. So, lot to look forward to for World Juniors for, ne- for next year. Yep. Uh, individual wise, though, uh, I know there are some individuals that you wanted to talk about this week. 
um, heading heading into the upcoming season, which is not only already underway with camps, but will officially be underway here in the next week or less. So yeah, there's, uh, there's some guys that, uh, you know, you have to watch out for and, and see what kind of a difference they make. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but the first guy that jumps out at me is Pooley Arvey in Edmonton. The, one of the worst, as bad as he is, he's only in about the top eight of bad Edmonton picks in the last 15 years. But what an absolute bust he's been. Went back to Finland. He's back now, wearing a new number. Says he's got his act together. We'll see. This kid's big and he's skilled. And up to now, he's been nothing but soft. But if he shows up and can play, what, in what the that show, could mean for what that could mean for McDavid secondary scoring in Edmonton, like the, if if McDavid and Drysyle aren't on the ice right now, they don't have the, that team does not have the puck, and they are not defensively equipped to be at a huge disadvantage in possession numbers. They just don't have the, the horses defensively. Now, if they if you increase your possession a little bit by, because you've got somebody that can play with Pugliarvi and you can put uh, a little bit better analytics on the ice, now that whole, that whole franchise may turn around on basically one guy changing your depth chart that much. Yep. Because now well, they, Edmonton needs depth. They don't have the depth. No. What um, what deep teams provide is it means that your top guys don't have to necessarily be on the same line together. Correct. Um, you no longer see or have to see Landeskog, McKinnon, and Randon on the same line. Right. You can stick Burakovsky up there with, with McKinnon, and you can move Landeskog to second or third with Kadri or somebody. The point is you don't need, with, with depth, you don't need your three one, two, or three big guys out there together. And so if Pugliarvi can can bounce back and have himself a resurgence, kind of like Nachishkin's having in, in Colorado. Exactly. Good example. You can you can now put Pugliarvi with McDavid, or you can leave Drysaddle with McDavid and put Pugliarvi with Nugent Hopkins or right. somebody, and now you've got at least got two lines there that can that can do something. Yes, and uh, you've got Kyle Turris, who's ser- serviceable. You got Alex Chason, who's proven to be effective. Because um, ultimately, the goal is you want to create uh, you want to create um, matchups. Yeah, you, you, you're you want, so easy to game plan you want, if you, you want one matchups, line. and yeah. and when you're just McDavid and Drysaddle. You kind of have to put them on the same line for it to be effective, and at that point, it's easy for your for your for any defensive pair to come out and shut them down. So, hoping too with Edmonton in mind, hoping that Tyson Berry can make a difference and revive his career from that stop in Toronto. Um, been one of the top five scoring defensemen in the league for many years, and and just really never found the right fit. But if he can find a home, they re-signed Ethan Bear which is um, he, he's extremely serviceable on the second pair. Slater Cuckoo is, uh, is a good third-pair guy. So they're, they're okay. You're only as good as your goaltender, so we'll see where my question, Smitty and Koskinen can take. That's where my que- next question was. What, what do, you, do we see Mike Smith being able to, to backstop you to, to any success if you're if up front? you're you're producing well there again you know as with any goaltender 
you're you just can't face a bombardment of shots from the house. You can't get that kind of quality shots. You cannot give those up or anybody's going to be exposed. So your goaltender becomes a whole lot better when the shots are pushed to the outside and they're limited a little bit more and off the, whether it's off the rush or the cycle. So your five man defensive game can make or break a goaltender. And that's, and it's simple. And it, we've seen it happen to Carey Price in lean years in Montreal. You see it happen to just about everybody. So there again, they're going to look a lot better if the team defense is better. And I am, again, I'm a huge, huge believer in Dave Tippett. So I really expect uh, a bunch of guys there that are C plus B minus players to play way above their weight class because he is just that kind of a coach. So until they get a little bit better depth developed there, I think they're going to be okay. Problem is in that division, in that North division, seven teams from Canada, you got to presume that Edmonton's going to be one of the bubble teams. Maybe Ottawa bringing up the rear there. They've made huge strides, but they're not ready to go quite yet. Um, Montreal has, has been like Montreal is my, like that's who I want to be right now is Montreal and what they've done in the off season, Josh Anderson and, and Tyler Toffoli. They got an A defense. They've got an A goaltender with a, with an A minus backup goaltender. And they just added so much size and grit and talent up front and speed that geez, I'm going to have to start hating them again. But I think Vancouver is a playoff team. Uh, so Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary are going to be in that, in that bubble hunt with Edmonton or with, I'm sorry, with Winnipeg uh, for the last two spots. That's going to be fun. Don't see, um, don't see Ottawa. I, you know, I, I love what they did. And as we talked about, because remember, draft, remember with the, and I again, you didn't include Toronto there either. So remember, remember it's not East West, even in the Canada division. No. So it's, so it's its own division and it's the top four teams from the division. So, I, if they were back in the regular alignment, and let's hope they are next year, but if they're back in the regular alignment on paper, uh, there's probably at least, I'm going to say six of these Canadian teams make the playoffs. Maybe not Ottawa this year, but holy smokes, Ottawa got better. Ottawa improved more than anyone in the offseason from the draft and, and signings, but just not yet. You know, they're just uh, Derek Stepan is uh, is a solid veteran presence. Connor Brown's a workhorse. Um, they've got, and Paquette is an is a fantastic pickup. But if they get anything out of Stutzla, uh, if Alex Galchenyuk figures out how to be a pro, Batherson comes along, uh, Alex Formanton, Logan Brown, they're terrific on defense. Uh, they've got size and and mobility on defense. They're you know, they could be extremely good, but they still most likely are a year to two years away. So your four Canadian playoff teams then are Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and Winnipeg. <sighs> let me think that uh, let me think that one over for just a minute. I, because I, part of the reason I ask is it's no secret you're a Leafs fan. And Well, for once I you, like what they did. And but you you left them out of the playoff discussion. I thought it was just understood. <laughs> So it's automatic. So no, I'm like, just I'm just trying to cl- clarify 
the playoff setup for this year with the division alignments, just in case you you either f- forgot about it or wanted to no, ma- it, throw Toronto in the playoff got, mix. With the size and, and veteran presence they added, I like Toronto and Montreal at the top of that division. Uh, Vancouver is a playoff team if they stay healthy, especially adding okay, Travis, so, Travis Hamannick. So I Toronto like and Montreal are playoff teams to you. Yes. So what you so I, your mention of the four Western ones was that they are in contention to compete for it. Yeah, the the, the, the bottom two spots in that division will come down to those four teams. Calgary, is what you're saying. Vancouver, Edmonton, and Winnipeg. And but I, Toronto and Montreal are in the playoffs. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that. Okay. So, and I like uh, I like the Hammonick signing in Vancouver, uh, in Vancouver for Vancouver. sure. He he shores up what they're missing when they lost Tanev uh, in the off season. Um, so he's uh, I, and he's a good kid. I, I I hope I want the best for that guy, and and he should be a good addition. We've talked about why he hadn't signed. He's on a PTO, which is a little odd, but that's a cap situation. It's like Hoffman and St. Louis. Correct. So, no, yeah, agreed. So, uh, so that's, you know, I like, I like what those guys have done. Um, what do you, so if we move away to the East division, two New York teams, New Jersey, Washington, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, the Flyers, and Boston. Got to figure the Rangers are going to be sturdy again. I like the Rangers. They've, they've improved a lot. I like the Islanders. They're well coached and they've got a, they've got a good solid team there. Uh, New Jersey still trying to figure out what they're doing, I believe, as is Buffalo. Washington is probably going to be pretty solid again. Um, and then, and I don't, I, it looks to me like Boston is taking a step back. Pasternak's one guy we didn't talk about. He's gone for the year. It might have been him with the hip surgery, but Pasternak is out for the regular season at least. Yep. So without him, and without Chara and without Tory Krug, I don't see that team being able to really compete at the top of the division. And possibly, you know, I, I like the Flyers a lot, and you got to still like Pittsburgh. Boston may struggle with Washington and the Islanders. Boston may struggle to to make the playoffs. It's just kind of, I got nothing against them other than they knock the Leafs out in the first round every single year. <laughs> But otherwise, uh, you know, I just don't. I, I think that team is in in too tough a sledding to compete. How about you? So, so we're making early predictions on who we think playoff teams are from these divisions. Correct? Is I would that what, say is so. that what we're doing? Why not? Okay. Um, North division: uh, Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, yeah, and Vancouver. Yeah, I, I those are, those are my four, because uh, again, the top four from each division make the playoffs. So right. those are my four for, in Canada. I'd have to go with that. Uh, from the East, I'm going to say Boston. Ooh. Well, uh, did you not have them making it? No. At all? No. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Philadelphia. Like the Flyers. Washington. And hmm. see, this one's hard because I like what the Islanders can do. I I think the Rangers are 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 there to compete. It's hard to look past as long as 
as long as they're in the lineup and they're playing, it's hard to look past Crosby and Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, but if I had to, but if I'm doing it, I'm going to have to say Philadelphia, Washington, the Islanders, and Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I figured you were going that way. I I would not be I I would probably flip Boston out and put in the Rangers in that division, but that's uh, that's just me. I like the Rangers goaltending. Yeah, I'm I didn't not... have Boston either. Oh, I thought you did. Okay. So Philadelphia, oh, no, that's right. you had Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington and yeah. the Islanders. Definitely like the Flyers. And the Flyers could be these the Flyers could be a contender. I mean a genuine contender, not just in the playoffs, but they could be um you know, and then here again, in a short season, in a sprint season like this, it's even more about health this year than it is any other time. Yep. Uh, and goaltending. So yep. it's about three things, health, goaltending, and goaltending health. Yes. Yes. <laughs> By the way, uh, just off topic for a minute, I've been practicing. I think this is a good chance for us to practice our looking good in case we ever convert our studio to a video production. Well, we are. Then I think our our ratings and reviews are going to go way up when people sure. see how incredibly well, good Our ratings we look. and reviews are going to go way Don't up you? because we already look good. Rauer, right. Rauer men inherently look good. So <laughs> it's just going to come natural. But since you brought it up, that surprise... I mean, it's not much of a surprise. It is what it is. But that surprise can yeah. now be, can now be mentioned. the The things that we are working on with War Room is that we are developing a bit of a uh, a official studio, and um, we are going to begin at some point in the coming months as we finalize it all, putting not only audio but video podcasts on YouTube as well. So. War Room will be on YouTube as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts in the coming months. More to that when when we get there. Since you brought it up, well, it was it's still speculation at this point, but I presume it's going to happen by popular demand. And I would say that our our incredible good looks are only exceeded by our humility. Yes, wouldn't you? But now that you mentioned Anyhow. it as well, the video aspect. Um, it can only really be possible since we're doing it. We'll mention um, some friends here. Can only be possible due to um, Breakaway Brewing in downtown Summerland. Um, they are great partners and friends of the show. They Maple they're Rock. the home for for craft beer. Yep. Um, if you're ever in the area, make sure you stop in. Great, great beer. Breakaway just got their own growlers and their own grunts for sale. Uh, so. Stop in and, and pick one of those up. Great, great choices. There, the menu now has the most beers that Breakaway has has had since it, since its that. inception, since yeah. it opened. Uh, so go in for a great selection. There's now enough beers to um, fill two flights worth of separate beers. Yep. Um, so great, great stuff. Uh, great. Great food. I know there's um, some changes and things coming with with the menu in that regard. Um, possibly, um, great food, great tacos, uh, great atmosphere. Now that the hockey season is starting, if you're in the area, downtown Summerland, stop in, uh, catch a hockey game, have a pint, and uh, enjoy yourself with with some of the the locals and the regulars for not only Breakaway but in the Summerland area. Come it's early also, and stay late. It's also possible. 
um, because of Northpaw Media. Yep. Uh, Northpaw is is and will be um, the producers and the behind-the-scenes aspect for not only the microphones and the recordings that, that you hear now, but also the video aspect, the video and photography aspect to the podcast once we start putting out videos. They're they're the ones behind the camera. Northpaw Media, uh Big shout out to them, as well as Maple Rock. Uh, they are, they're right next door. They share uh, big hockey fans there. Great business. Uh, organic maple syrup. That's the place to be. And yeah, Northpaw Media and the, the filming aspect is also uh, going to be uh, connected to not only War Room, uh, but we've got Dad Motive coming. Uh, we've got um, podcast my wife and I do, uh, which we have which we haven't done in a while for obvious reasons, um, but the blessings of life. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of content and media, f- uh, coming to YouTube and, uh, we are excited. Dad motive is submitting, um, at today, as of this recording, uh, their submission for a contest as well. So look for that. Um, first episode of dad motive will be in the, in the next week or two at least audio, if not, if not anything else, uh, as we're getting some of our merchandise in, uh, first episode, why women live longer. So, so look for that dad motive, um, tremendous, tremendous stuff. I'm a part of that. I'm co-host with a friend of mine, Jerry, Jerry Rudolph, uh, who is also a great friend, but also a tremendous, tremendous, uh, manager down at breakaway brewing. Uh, all comes full circle, all connected. So War Room and Dad Motive are the two big ones coming to YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Look for both of those on all those platforms. Wait till you see how good we look on camera. This is just going to be, it's going to change everything. Our people are going to be flocking to War Room and Dad Motive. And I can't wait to hear you guys on the uh, on the dad motive topics. I mean, gonna we're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to beat the ladies off, you know, because <laughs> we look so good on camera. You know, it's, it's, where were we? We were on the flyers, weren't we? We were on the flyers. We were we were doing uh, as everything. we do a quick ad spot there and quick mention of some friends. So uh, I I feel that's even if it's not an official capacity um, with an, an official ad break, I feel it's important each week to mention some friends of the show. So yeah. um, it's hey, important, uh, important to throw that out there. Friends of the show, um, our uh, local boy here, Adam Cracknell, signed uh, with the Edmonton Oilers. So he's back in North America. Yep, we mentioned that a few weeks ago his, uh, um, with the off-season stuff. So. His mom and dad are pretty excited to have him someplace other than China playing. And, do you think uh, this? Do you think this will be the end for him? Probably so. He's back in North America. He's back in BC. He, yeah. Or not BC, Alberta. But he's back in Canada. He all that stuff. His family's here. Um, it's probably come yeah. full circle for him. He's made his money. He's he's played the game. He'll. I wouldn't be surprised if after this year or how however this works for him, uh, that he calls it a career. Uh, yeah. Now whether that means he then steps into a front office scouting coaching role somewhere. Uh, which is at all, which is completely possible. Um, but from a playing perspective, I would not be surprised. And, of, and with, and for good reason, of course, sure. um, for, for this to kind of be the swan song of his career uh, with Edmonton or Vancouver or wherever he ends up. 
after this year and all that stuff. So he's knocked around for a long time. Good kid, been up and down from the show. And I, I want to say Adam probably. I'm not looking right now. I'm, I'm going to say Adam's been in and out of making a paycheck in, in, uh, in the game for 15 years. So he's had himself a good career, a good hockey career. Absolutely. He always so. finds himself a spot and always finds himself a job. So, and it's. Uh, where he goes from here, uh, you could only speculate. I, I heard about further involvement with him over in um, over in the Kootenays uh, with the new franchise there. I don't know. You got any with news Cranbrook? On yeah, the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I have any news myself on it, um, but it would not surprise me at all. Uh, he he does seem like somebody who would fit perfectly in in the. Uh, CJHL, uh, whether it be Alberta or BC somewhere, um, as an assistant coach or doing something, uh, does not su- surprise me one bit to hear that um, be brought up. Um, he's a he's a good kid, and um, he's got a lot uh, a lot to offer to the game. Oh, of and course, and, and you know, family's family's important, and so I I I think this will. Be, whether it's this year or he finds himself an extension, I think uh, he's going to finish and and stay in North America and stay close to his parents and close to his family and, yeah. and do all that stuff. So whether that's Cranbrook or wherever else. So good on him. Uh, good luck to him in Edmonton. Um, I hope that Edmonton can be somewhat successful and and can compete for him. Uh, he's, he's earned uh, through kind of grinding it out for 15 years, some semblance of success. So uh, good luck to him and good luck to the Oilers. Um, w- way off topic there, though, uh, because <laughs> we were we were doing uh, division we were playoff predictions for the top four teams in each division. Uh, we just went the North Division and the East Division. Uh, for me, it was Calgary, Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto. For the four playoff teams there, yes, sir. Uh, in the East, for me, it was Washington, it was Pittsburgh, it was Philadelphia, and the, it was the Islanders. Gotcha. Uh, as we move to the Central Division, uh, let me know if you agree with these uh, Central Division playoff teams: uh, Tampa, Dallas, Carolina, Carolina, and Columbus. Columbus, Florida, and Nashville will be in that sword fight for the last spot. Uh, uh, well, that, that's kind of where I was at. I was I was de- debating it was either Columbus, Florida, or Nashville for my last pick there. It, Unfortunately it, for Chicago and Detroit, they're not going to be able to keep up. I think Chicago did a lot of really good things this year. Uh, Detroit is probably bottomed out and, and you know getting ready to start making uh, making some improvements but they're a few years away as, as decimated as they were so you got three teams looking at that last spot in that division I, I agree with you uh, in this in the west uh, unique unique divisions all the way around but a unique western conference in the west uh, four teams Vegas St. Louis Colorado and See, I'm having the bit debate in my head between a few of them. Um, probably, probably Arizona. Most likely, uh, I don't think the Kings have come far enough yet. No. I don't think San Jose has got nearly enough. Minnesota is still 
muddling around trying to figure out how to rebuild. Uh, the ducks have made a lot of improvement. And you see, know, that was get... the debate between me, for me. It would, depending on what they, how it translates on the ice. To me, the last spot was either Arizona or Anaheim. Just based on, you know, what they've done in the off season in Anaheim, and you know, do you see? Um, I doubt it. Um, but just for the sake of the discussion, do you see Trevor Zegras make an appearance? Do you, you know, things like that. I was just going to mention him. So and. and what better way this guy's dominated at the top of the under 20s for two years he's dominated that role get him out of there and challenge him he's a he's an extremely heady player he needs the opportunity to be challenged in the show and be mentored by guys like adam henrique and ryan getzlaff and those are two of the best guys that you could want to look up to at playing down the middle in Anaheim, he should be at least the second or third line center in Anaheim. He might start at the four hole, but this kid needs a chance. I know Bob Murray is very, very reluctant to bring guys along quickly, but this kid needs to prove that he shouldn't be there hmm. rather than the fact that he should. Yep. So absolutely, 100% he should be in the in the lineup opening night. Well, to me, it's like, to me, it's, for it was Zegers, it's like um, Byram in Colorado. He's earned, he's already proven and earned the right to be there. Yep. Now bring him in and let, let him, you know, it's his opportunity then to waste. So right. let it now, now he's there. You've earned it. You've proven it. You deserve it. So now run with it or we send you back. And so it's. Look, this is what a good coach does. You put the guys in positions to succeed. You can protect in Anaheim with Henrique and Getzlaff. You can protect Trevor Zegras from bad matchups. You can challenge him if he proves himself. You can keep him with good, uh, honest defense pairs when his line is out there so that he doesn't have, he's not over ta uh, task overloaded with defensive responsibility. And let him try to make scorers out of some of the guys like who? Silverberg, Raquel. Uh, Milano, uh, Troy Terry, like let him try to. They they've got some proven scorers on this team. Sam Steele, Max Jones. Let Zegris bring these guys along. Look what he does at the top level under twenty in the world. Yep. So absolutely bring him along. And if you get good play out of him, they're solid enough on defense, and they've got Gibson in net. Uh, I don't I don't see why they can't compete for a playoff spot. So who well now based on that who come who comes out of each division in the playoffs Ooh, now because remember I can't remember if you if I told you this or not or if you know this remember uh, you ne then play within your division in the playoffs down to so one. one through four yeah will play each other and whoever comes out of that in those two different matchups. Um, one plays four, two plays three. The winners then play each other, and then the winner of that goes on to the semifinals. The semis, the round of four. Which is the right to earn your spot in the Stanley Cup Finals. So who comes out of each each division based on the four teams that we, we chose? Colorado in the West. To me, to Tampa me. Tampa in the Central. Yep. Uh, boy, I'm going to take the Flyers in the East. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and take Montreal in the north. I think I'm gonna, they're going to ride Carey Price to the end. I I like those four. Uh, east for me, Philadelphia. 
Central, Tampa Bay, West, Colorado, North, North, it's going to come down to, I see, I don't know if Calgary's there or not. So, um, to compete for a long run anyway. Yeah. Um, for me, it's either going to be Toronto or Montreal. We almost agreed there across the board. Did you notice Pretty that? Pretty much, yeah. So to me, it's Toronto or Montreal in the, in the north, um, which would then put uh, Toronto or Montreal Play, against Philadelphia. And yep. it would put Tampa Bay against Colorado. Yep. Um, and again, you're going to get unique Stanley Cup final matchups then, you know. Um, you could get East teams like a... You know, east first east, or you could get a west first west. Yeah, or whatever, you could have so. a Calgary Colorado final. You could have a Tampa Montreal or Tampa Toronto final. My predictions for the Stanley Cup final matchup is going to be. Please tell me it's Colorado Toronto. Please, please tell me that. Well, for, that that would be for me because you didn't pick Toronto. So. <laughs> Um, I can't. You didn't pick your I own just team, can't. so uh, for me, it's going to be Colorado. <laughs> and out of Philly or Montreal, or Toronto, probably Colorado and eh, right now it's hard to go against Philadelphia. Okay, yeah, I got that. I uh, you know what? I like them at the very top of the league. To me, Colorado, my Stanley Cup final matchup. Colorado, Philadelphia. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Colorado, Montreal, in unless it can be Colorado and the Leafs, which would be both a dream come true and a nightmare. I don't know if I could watch in our, in our household, so. but anyway, that it and and you're fun. gonna and I don't know if I want that either because you're gonna try and brainwash your grandchild, <laughs> your grandson. <laughs> to cheer for the Leafs over his dad's team, which is the Avalanche. So a lot to that one. But it's what I do. Yes. So uh, anything else we need to discuss this week? You we kind of covered it all. Individuals, uh, a little bit of predictions, um, headlines, World Junior Review, all that stuff. Any, As well as making the maybe not so surprising announcement uh, that we will eventually be doing some video podcasts. So I... I want to see, I know there are places where you're going to have fans from week one. There are places where you may not see fans for a month or two. And I'm curious to see how that works. Um, it's going to be really interesting, especially God forbid that there are positive tests, regardless of the fact that there aren't any deaths. Uh, see how the league handles that. They've done everything possible so far. And we've been talking about this since since this whole shutdown thing, uh, you know, eight, 10 months ago, I got to give props to the league office and the PA uh, and the way they cooperate with health officials and each other. They got a very, very, very complex financial deal done with the PA and with the owners. They have figured out logistics of how to put this season together so that we can at least have that 56 game schedule. And there, the amount of moving parts here, we don't have enough hours in the day to talk about how many, how many weeks of 20-hour days these guys put in to get this done. I, hats off to them for bringing the game back. 
Well, and uh, you know what? And and while we're at it, and we could even have like maybe next week or something, even have an episode dedicated to this type of discussion. But you know, shout out while we're mentioning it to the ice crews and and everybody behind the scenes, yeah, equipment managers yeah. and everybody behind the scenes because sure. because they already do tremendous tremendous work the same way field crews do in baseball and things yeah. already. But can you imagine the amount of work that they're going to have to do this year with the 56-game schedule compacted as well as all the COVID regulations and restrictions? So That's a great point. There's, there's, no, there's no rest for the wicked with them. They no. are, they're going to do their regular duties, but then, and, and we mentioned this before, the schedule is two. So Chicago play Columbus, day off, play Columbus, and then move on to right? So they're doing two-game series. In that day off, and I don't think there's anybody has a back to back. I don't think an, an official, an official, traditional back to back. I don't think so. Everybody has at least a day off in between the two games in their series. The sanitizing and the stuff that crews are going to do, and all this stuff, and and clean and do this and that, especially for the buildings that are going to have any amount of fans in it. Right. That's that is amazing. Twenty four hours type of work yep. for for these crews that they're not going to get the the notice. They're going to do all that, and the league is going to get props for bringing it back and 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 bringing back games. And teams are going to are going to get props for being successful or for this trade or for whatever. But the crews behind the scenes that mop and sweep and do the ice and clean and you know sharpen skates and do this and that in already so shout out to them on any other given year or season for the stuff they do game in and game out but for what they do on short notice with with winter classics and things like that what they do on short notice at all the buildings since the announcement that January 13th was the start to get ice in, to get it painted, to get everything ready, clean and sanitized just to get it ready. And then the work they're going to have to do throughout the next five months to keep things COVID friendly and all that. Like, it's bad enough when times are normal. So applaud you, Your them. training staff and your equipment guys, you're sharpening skates, doing laundry, um, making sure guys equip. I mean, it, every player now takes so much attention yeah. because of sticks and helmet and safety issues and special equipment to protect an injury and things like that. In addition to packing and unpacking everything, getting it on the bus and get, getting to the next town, these guys work 15-hour days, seven days a week, as it is. Yeah. Throw in some China virus issues, and all of a sudden, holy smokes, this is a mess. And, and good on you for mentioning that because the the television and production crews, the um, the people that that run those buildings every night and put on the video shows and the sound and the just the vendors and everything going on in there, like it's all going to take a double effort to make it work. And it was bad enough when times were normal. It's going to be amazing now, and every one of those guys deserves every one of those people, whoever they are. Boy, when you watch a game. For every player that's visible to you on camera, there's about 20 behind the scenes making it happen that work way longer hours than the players do. Yep. No offense, but that's just the way it is. And and I'm glad you brought that up. It's a good point. Yep. So but anyway, a shout fans. out to shout out to them and applaud to them. 
ahead of time here because yeah. the the work is only just beginning on any given season on any given day but especially for 2021 so um shout out to them applaud them they will do and already do tremendous stuff so uh, they're the they are the what's the good analogy they are they're the the oil that keeps the engine running i guess <laughs> absolutely is, is, is the right way to say it they so, are, yeah. but other than that a lot to look forward to in the coming week by yep. this time next week the season will be underway wow um the officially underway um, be awesome and then on top of that we're gonna have a lot of content here too because things are gonna progress real quick not only with 56 games every day pretty much you're gonna have a game to watch or talk yeah. about but and no week off, no all-star break, nothing. No. So it's just going to go. But also, real quick here, now that they're back, talk, speculation, everything around the expansion draft huh. and all that stuff for Seattle because right. that's this summer. It is indeed. And so far, there's no reports that they're going to postpone it and push it back for another no. year. No. And they won't financially so it's going to move quick here too on seattle and everything around them so who do who and how do teams protect players you know all that stuff around the expansion draft trades throughout the season in preparation for it like there's going to be there's it's going to move quick not just for the season but for seattle as well so if you a are... lot to talk a lot to digest <laughs> yeah. and a lot to talk about if you are uh a family member of someone in the GM's office in the National Hockey League right now, take a picture of them, tell them you love them, you'll see them in about a year. With the expansion draft coming, with a shortened season, with scouting challenges because of the various developmental leagues that may or may not be playing, uh, with all of the COVID challenges, with the, uh, with the challenges economically, that the league and the PA have to go through in addition to a flat cap and expiring contracts and, and RFAs and UFAs like just, I would never go so far as to say, I feel sorry for a GM, but they work, they work long, incredibly grueling hours as the support staff does. They work a long time, even when things are good. So when, when all these challenges are put in place, these poor guys are going to be sleeping on the couch a whole lot. Hey, year. if you're a loved one or a family member of the Rower men, we'll, we'll see you in a year with all this stuff that's going to happen. Um, We're swamped. I don't uh, know how we keep up as it is. Anyway, oh. um, and you know what? I can't believe I didn't mention this earlier. I should have mentioned it in the headline in the buildup, but the AHL February 5th is yes. coming back. That's a big um, deal. That is a big deal. That's so that really changes everything in regards to our discussion last week about taxi squads Taxis, and everything yes. like that. However, um, Charlotte Checkers, Milwaukee Admirals, and um, I believe it's Springfield. I'm drawing blank on the third team, but three teams from the AHL have opted out. So those players are now on loan to which other means they're they're clubs, correct. I don't see. I don't know how that's going to work. Do they kind of like San Antonio for a couple years? Do they share a roster, but the players belong to who they belong to? Correct. That's exactly um, how it is. Or so, or because I don't I don't think they'll loan them to that team based on what you just said. 
because what you if I based on how it sounded that you just said was that are they on loan to other other teams as in no they're they okay if you if you are because I think I know what you meant I just want to clear clarify they're not on loan if you're in the Chicago system, no. you're not on loan to the St. Louis Blues. No, no, you're not crossing those borders. But you but are on you loan are to doing, the AHL team. Yes, if that, you're exactly. Milwaukee Admiral and you don't, and you're not going to play, and they're loaning you to another AHL club. That okay, these guys need a goaltender. Same thing happened with um, with our. Uh, oh gosh, I'm drawing the blank now. The kid, uh, the kid in St. Louis, the the goaltender. Uh, he, <laughs> How do I? How do I? A year later, don't remember who won the who won the Con Smythe. Oh, that was Roe Riley. But yeah. Anyhow, uh, was on loan. He wouldn't. He refused to report to um, to the East Coast League. He was going down to the AHL. Oh, I know. Said, you're not He's their starting the, goaltender, and I'm drawing a blank on I'm his name. I'm not going to the coast. I don't care. So they loaned him to Providence in the Boston system. A couple months later, he's in the Blues net taken over for Jake Allen and uh, wins himself a tidy little Stanley cup. So yeah, now, now that I, we've cleared that up and I made sure you, I, I understood you correctly and what you meant. Those players from those teams are now going to be sprinkled throughout the AHL where rosters allow. Correct. And they will still be accessed by the Nashville Predators if the Nashville Predators need a Milwaukee guy, correct. It's just that guy He's may just, be playing for the Chicago Wolves, correct. So that's it, all. So and there's Jordan, that Jordan Bennington. By Bennington. The way. Yes. <laughs> I knew his name and drawn a blank. Um, but so that they'll still have access. So taxi squads won't necessarily be a thing. It's just they'll be sprinkled in with other organizations. Right. So far, those are the only three teams that have opted out of playing. Another uh, egg so, beater thrown into the cap situation because they had this all worked out with taxi squads and how it affects the salary cap and call-ups and, and sending guys back and day-to-day management of your cap. And now with the AHL resuming play, all things being what they appear to be, that's going to make a little bit more certainty around what your cap's going to look like for the remainder of the regular season. No. Anyway, I, so, when, when we are on when we are on video and I draw a blank on something as simple as Jordan Bennington, I'm going to have to be careful not to try to gouge my ear with a ballpoint pen until I figure out what the what the name of the kid is. That's the beauty of sitting here with computers too. You can you can <laughs> yes. look it up. Um, beauty the beauty too the hope with the studio that we're we're trying to throw together. Uh, it'll be a shared studio again with with dad motive and things. The hope is to have some sort of TV screen in there that you can also use while on video yep. to show certain things or do whatever, which we can use for research purposes and, and doing all that stuff as well. So, I don't know what your plan is as far as production is concerned, but can I just request that we do not bring Louis back? Louis's gone. Okay. Louis, Louis disappeared. He was Louis like Louis like the deadbeat dad that that decided, oh, you're you're pregnant. Sorry, I'm gone. We 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 gave him one con- piece of constructive criticism, and I haven't seen him or heard from him in out. He goes. So as far as I'm concerned, he's he's gone. So the club no is, no Louis no Louis no Louis. The club is moving in a different maybe, direction. Maybe maybe maybe, and I've. I've interviewed him already. Maybe Turd Ferguson. Oh, 
you know. We'll, we'll see how well that works See if we out. can afford him. I understand he's quite pricey. <laughs> Maybe Turd Ferguson. So anyway, <laughs> hey. a lot to look forward to in the coming week. Yep. Thank you for joining this week in, in, in this studio yes, as we th- work on throwing together a new one. Um, I want to thank our listeners for continuing to tune in. Um, our listeners are the driving force behind what we do, and we can't thank you enough for the support. Make sure you head to uh, Facebook and Instagram. That's War Room the Hockey Podcast and at War Room the Hockey Podcast, respectively. Make sure you like us and follow us there. Make sure you head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you subscribe. And the big, big ones, rate and review. Uh, obviously, we know that it won't be anything less than five-star five star rating yes. and a tremendous review. But nonetheless, leave a rating and a review. And before you know it, there will be another uh, call to action once we are on YouTube to subscribe and hit the notification bell. And yeah, lots of things happening, lots of things to look forward to. Make sure you do all that stuff. Make sure you get excited, get ready for the upcoming NHL season, AHL season in February. Still a lot of questions around uh, CJHL, major junior, things like that. The NCAA though is underway, so enjoy that. I'm Evan Rauer with Warm the Hockey Podcast, and I will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers, everybody.